Lord. We welcome you into this evening to be part of us, to reveal yourself to us, to speak to us so that we may continue to understand you. We know for sure we can never know you completely on this side of heaven. Because like Paul says, we see as if veiled, but a time is coming when we shall know, even as we are known, we exalt you, Lord. We magnify you. Keep on inviting people. Keep on inviting people. We will start in a very short time. Uh, thank you for those who have joined. Thank you for everyone who is sharing this broadcast. We thank you very much for being part of us. May we learn together and grow together, especially in these hard times when we are facing this pandemic and when we are also seeing the signs of the end of the age, when Christ will be coming and coming soon, we need to study more. We need to understand God more. We need to be closer to Him. We need our relationship to be very strong. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. We worship you. All we need is you, like this song says. All we need is God. This is a very good worship song. And we thank God for such gifts in this nation of Kenya as this uh, dear minister of God, Emma Omonje. God, we only need you, nothing else. If everything else disappeared and we have you, that will be enough for us. We want to make you enough for us so that all the other things can have meaning. If you're never enough for us, nothing else has any meaning to us. Thank you, Lord. Fill us with your presence. Fill us with your glory. Fill us with your power. Show yourself strong. We thank you and we honor you. We glorify you and exalt you. We love you. We praise you. Who can we compare with you? There is no other God but you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. We honor you. Hallelujah. Once again, welcome to this broadcast. Let us continue to study the doctrine of God and uh, continue to understand Him, even though we may not understand Him completely. Let us uh, look at what the Bible tells us about Him. You know, our relationship is... Uh, is a growing thing. You continue to grow in the knowledge of the person you are in love with, that you're relating with, and that is the same with us and God. So welcome.
Today we shall be looking at the topic, what is God like or what is God? Last week we were looking at who is God. We looked at how God has shown himself and we realized that the Bible has not taken time for God to explain who he is. He's one name, just like we all have one name. But he has exposed his character, his nature, his work, uh, what he says, what he, he, he does, defines to us who he is. And that was an interesting uh, topic as we looked at it. And even if uh, you went through the Bible, you will realize even the, the people of the old, the patriots, Abraham, and the others, they define God by what he did. When God was uh, going to provide a lamb instead of Isaac, who was going to be sacrificed, that's where, in Genesis chapter 22, that's where Abraham gave us the name Jehovah Jireh, the Lord provider, because he was going to provide a lamb. When he was asked by Isaac, he said, the Lord shall provide for himself a lamb. So uh, we realize that uh, even as we know God as God of wonders, God of miracles, God who uh, parts the, the Red Sea, God who uh, rescues, God who saves, God who uh, uh, heals, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Rohi, uh, Je God the King. Uh, so we know God by what he does. Today we are going to go a little bit deeper looking at what is God like. Maybe this will explain to us a little bit about his character. And uh, I think uh, this will be our last topic, but I would divide it into two because in the study I realized there were so many things to talk about. So I'll talk about half of what uh, I, I continued to discover in the Word. I was looking at uh, a, a book written by A.W. Tozer and uh, he wrote, what is God like? And he, he said, if by that question we mean what is God like in himself, there is no answer. There is no beginning, no end of understanding who is God like. If we mean what has God disclosed about himself, that there uh, but the relevant reason can comprehend there is, and I believe, an answer both full and satisfying. So if we want to know what God has exposed himself, therefore there is an answer. And we can continue to discover that answer even as we read uh, the Bible. But I also believe as you interact with God one-on-one -on -one and have a relationship with him and dwell in his presence and allow him to move and guide you, you will discover many other things. Because as we interact with him, as we ask questions, as we get answers from him, as he does things for us that are tailor-made for us because of our situation, then we continue to discover who God is. And by what Toza said, I believe he was right in that we cannot know God uh, 
we cannot know what God is with respect to himself. The book of Job declares, can you discover the depths of God? Can you discover the limits of the Almighty? They are high as heavens. What can you do? Deeper than Shoal, what can you know? Job 11 verse 7 to 8. However, we can ask what God has revealed about himself in his word and in creation that the relevant reason we can grasp. Mm -hmm. When Moses was directed by God to go back to the Egyptian Pharaoh and he demanded and demand the release of the Israelites, Moses, Moses asked God, Behold, I am going to the sons of Israel, and I will say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. Now they may say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? Exodus 3 verse 13. Let's look at Exodus 3 14. The answer God gave Moses was simple, yet very revealing. God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Exodus 3 verse 14. The Hebrew text in verse 14 literally says, I be that I be, or I will be what needs, what you need me to be, what, whenever you need me to be. This name speaks to the fact that God is pure in existence, or what some call pure actuality. Pure actuality is that which is with no possibility to not exist. Put another way, Many things can have existence, e.g. human beings, animals, plants, but only one thing can be existence other than things have been, but only God is being. God is the, the existence itself. He does not need to have a beginning or end. Therefore, we are saying that God is being and because of him being then we become human beings we have our being in him like uh, uh, the book of Acts 17 says in him we live in him we move and in him we have our being that is what it means for God to be the being himself we came from him and to him we shall return. You can look at uh, Ecclesiastes. It talks about the soul of man shall return to its maker. Because from him it came. The fact that God alone is being leads to at least five truths about what God is. What type of being God is. First, God alone is self-existent being and the first cause of everything else that exists in that it means 
God exists by himself. He has always been. He was never created. And that's why he says, don't compare me to an idol that is made by the hands of man. Don't compare me to a person who says he is God, like Pharaoh, who said he is God. Uh, because he had a beginning. He was created. He, was, uh, he, he, he wasn't in the beginning. Then he became, and then he wasn't at the end. Uh, in, in other words, we are limited. We, we live within a space of time. And, and, and within that space of time, that's our existence. But God is not limited. God lives outside time. God is not limited to space. He's not limited to matter. He's not limited by the passing of time. Therefore, God has no beginning. God has no end. God was not born. He has no parents. He is God. At one point, before creation of everything, there was only God. And we don't know how many years it took before he, 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 he decided to create. And he was satisfied by himself. That means there was no heaven, there was no earth, there were no angels, there were no humans, there were no animals, there were no plants. And there was no mountains, there were no skies, there were no clouds. And I don't know how long that was. Time started when God created. That's why in Genesis chapter 1, it tells us that he created. And when he created these and separated these, the first day was. So that is when calculating of time started. But that time does not bind God because he lived outside it. <laughs> John 5.26 simply says, The Father has life in him. Paul preached, He is not served by human hands as if he needed anything because he himself gives all men life and breath at everything else. Acts 17 verse 25. The second point that we are looking at is God is a necessary being. A necessary being is one whose non-existence is impossible. Because everything else that is, that is visible, that is invisible, depends on God. If God stops existing, everything else will stop existing. We exist because he existed before any of us. And he has always existed. And he is existence himself. In the book of Job, the Bible says... That he sustains everything in their place. He sustains the, 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 the planets. He sustains uh, 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 every uh, meteorite. He sustains every star. He sustains the sun and the moon. And everything moves according to what he has planned. They are suspended in nothing, yet they never fall. They have uh, like earth has water, but it never evaporates and dries up completely. There, 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 there is life that lives on earth, yet it cannot be extinct because God exists. But if God stopped ex existing, everything else will stop existing immediately. So God is a necessary being. 
He is the center of everything. He is the center of every existence, known to men and others not known to men. It is believed that there are, no, the, 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 the are more than nine planets. Man knows up to nine planets, but they keep on discovering new ones. It's not that they are being born now. They have always been there, but we don't know. We don't know how much is there in the expanse that is there out there in the in the in the in, in, in the in the heavenlies. We don't know how many planets are there if we were to count them by numbers. They could be like the sun of the sea. But we will keep discovering and by the time the world comes to an end, we will not have discovered all. And actually we will go and realize maybe we discovered less than 10% of what God has created, all that exists, because the Bible also talks of things physical and things invisible. So there are many things that exist that we do not see, we do not perceive with our senses, we do not interact with, because they are beyond our realm, they are beyond our understanding. Hallelujah. That is the kind of God we serve. Yet this God wants to have a relationship with us. Very minute people, very minute things, very minute creation. Uh, before God, we are even smaller than an ant is to man. God knows everything about us. It, it, it is amazing that God existed and there were no angels. That tells you God does not need anything or anyone. He doesn't need our worship. He doesn't need our service. He doesn't need anything. Yet he has given us a privilege to do those things to him. That's why we should not take it lightly. Any assignment he has given us. Because he has chosen to do it that way. Amen. Only God is a necessary being. All other things are contingent beings, meaning they could not exist if he did not exist. Yeah, you see, like when you make a plan, there is a main plan, then there is contingency. Anything else you may need as you go about your plan, but they are not the main thing. You don't focus on the contingent. You can focus on the main plan. So God is the main plan. God is the main actor in life. God is life himself. However, if God did not exist, then neither would anything else. He alone is a necessary being by which everything else currently exists. A fact that Job stated, if he should determine to do so, if he should gather to himself his spirit and his breath, all flesh would perish together, and man would return to dust. Job 34, verse 14 to 15. I want to look at one more point, and then we shall continue next week from 4, 5. Number three, God is a personal being. God is a personal being. The word personal in this context does not describe personality, e.g. funny, outgoing, happy, all those kinds of things. Rather, it means 
having intent. God is a purposeful being who has a will, creates and directs events to suit him. Hallelujah. That's a very powerful statement by itself. In that, there's nothing God did that was not intentional and personal, that he did not plan, that he did not think of, that he did not put into systems so that things happen in a certain way. God planned the beginning of man and the end of man. That's why Hebrews uh, chapter 9 verse 27 says, It is appointed for man to die once. Who appointed? God. So he knows you have a span of time. And God knows each person's span. All the 7.8 billion people living, God knows how many days you will live on earth, how that life will be, what your choices will be, where you will spend your eternity, he knows. But you know what he does every single time? He goes ahead of you and drops mercy and grace and love, hoping that you will step on them and then you will choose him instead of life, other gods, power, money, property, things. But it is so disappointing that most times we choose other things. There is no man living today that has not seen the mercy of God directed to him that he never deserved. How many times people have come close to death and in an accident God saves you. Not because you have chosen him, not because you are born again but because he wants to give you extra days so that he can throw mercy and grace and love and care and provision to you, hoping that you will choose him. You see, God has given man a gift called the gift of will, the will power, the power to make decisions, the power to choose, but he never persuades you to choose. He never conjures things to force you to choose him. He pours love, he pours mercy, he pours grace, and he hopes you will choose. Even the, the children of Israel, in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30, it tells us, I have set before you this day life and death. Then he advises, choose life that you may live. And that is the same thing he's offering you today. He is setting life and death before you. He is setting heaven and the lake of fire before you. He is setting himself and the devil before you. Choose wisely that you may live. And not only this life, but even after this. You will continue to live eternally. Hallelujah. Interesting. Prophet Isaiah wrote, I am God and there is no other. I am God 
and there is no one like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times, things which have not been done, saying, My purpose will be established, and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. Isaiah 46, verse 9 and 10. That tells us God has set things in motion that will happen exactly as he has intended. An end is coming and no one can change that. We better become partners with God. We better join together with God. We better agree with God. We better move together with God before it is too late. When people are told an end of the earth is coming, many people mock. Many people think it's a joke. Many people think it will never come. And like the book of uh, 1 Peter says, that when they were told the end was coming, they said our forefathers were told the same thing, but it never came. I want to tell you, today we are living in injury time. Christ Jesus, the one who has been appointed by God as the king, the one that has been given the name above all names, including the names of God. Christ has been exalted above any name existing in heaven, on earth, under the earth, in the sea. That is the name that has been given, one through which we all must be saved. You cannot be saved by any other name. You can choose a name. You can claim he's your savior. But I can tell you, like Jesus said, I am the way, the only way, the truth, the only truth, the life, the only life. No one can come to my Father except through me. I want to tell you today, it is only in the name of Jesus. If you believe, you will be saved. Hallelujah. I want to say this. Jesus is going to come very soon. Jesus said himself that only God knows the day, the hour that Christ will come. Even though Christ is God, he said, the son does not know, the angels do not know, and therefore not even a prophet living today or a man of God living today knows the day and the hour that Christ will come. And he will come like a thief in the night. You better be found standing. You better be found on God's side. You better be found in Christ. You better be found born again through the Son of God. He better find you believing on that old rugged cross, holding on to it and hoping on it. And Jesus asked, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith? my brother, my sister, fellow minister of the gospel of Christ. When Christ returns, will he find faith in you? There is a great falling away coming. There is great apostasy coming before Christ comes back. Many will leave Christ. Many will choose other things than Christ. Be found in the Lord. He loves you. He cares for you. 
He wants to spend eternity with you. He is standing with his hands outstretched with a gift called the gift of eternal life, willing to give anyone who believes. Are you ready to believe? Are you ready to receive? If you would like to receive this Jesus Christ, please contact me in the number that is given at the description about this video and I will lead you to Christ. But you need to think carefully. You need to make a decision without any pushing by anyone. You need to choose for yourself this day to live for Christ. Hallelujah. He loves you. He wants to be with you. He wants to use you. He wants you to become one of his servants. He will never have enough because lives are being born every single day. And the servants that are true and are following Christ are few every time. That's why when the Lord looked at the harvest and said it is white and ready for the harvest. But the laborers are few. He needs more. If you choose to live for him, he will choose to use you to do his work. Glory be to God. Thank you. Let us just go to uh, prayer and then we shall meet again on Thursday 7.30 God willing uh, it is not by our strength it is not us choosing it is God giving us the grace to meet it is God giving us life we have seen that he is the existent itself he is a necessary being him, in him we are all connected. Even the trees will not live without God. The animals in the forest cannot exist without God. But you know what? He has set his heart on man. He has set his love on man. Does he love all the other things? Yes. But he has chosen man. That's why David was amazed that he has made man a little lower than the angels. Yet what is man that you should consider him? Hallelujah. <laughs> it means you're very special in the eyes of God. It means God wants not to lose you to the lake of fire, to burn forever, but to live with him forever and ever. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Everlasting Father, King of glory, God of wonder beyond the galaxies, God who created everything seen and unseen, invisible and visible God who created things that we don't even understand we see them and we marvel at the craftsmanship the the design the planning we look at how things have been set in motion and in seasons and in times and they happen mighty God as you have ordained them they do not need to be inspected they do not need to be supervised they just run automatically because you have set them through your power we thank you we know that you created us for a purpose you have a wonderful purpose for our lives and Lord we are praying that you keep on exposing your purpose for us so that we may live the life you intended for us and we may serve you the way you intended for us that we will minister to one another the way you intended 
for us, that we will discover our giftings, that we will discover our strength, that we will discover what the other person has for us. And therefore, Lord, we shall align ourselves so that we may exist and we may live according to what you have ordained for us. Thank you, mighty God. Thank you, glorious King. We thank you for the study that we've been doing of the doctrine of God, that we may know a little bit more about you and we may live according to what you have desired. We honor you and we glorify you. We pray for every viewer this evening, mighty God, our Father, that you will love them, that you will pour your grace and your mercy upon their lives, O God, that you will deliver them from whatever they are going through, that, Lord, you will meet their needs at the points where they need you most. The Lord, your healing will flow to them from you to the beds where they lie now or the places where they pain now. The Lord, you will move in a mighty way upon their lives, O oh God. Those who want to see you in a miraculous way appear to them for the glory and honor of your name, Almighty God, our Father. Those who need to be saved by you, Lord, let the grace that pulls men to Christ be poured upon their lives, mighty God, our Father. Be poured upon their minds in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I lift the name of Jesus Christ, the name that is above all names, the name that is above our names. There is no minister of the gospel who is greater than Christ Jesus. So we need to point people to Christ and not pull them to ourselves. We need to point people to salvation and not to our churches. We need to point people to the kingdom, mighty God, and not to our denominations. Father, I pray that you will draw your men to yourself. You will save them. You will cleanse them. You will wash them by the blood of the Lamb. And you will set them on a path to serve and to live for you, to worship you, to, 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 to preach your goodness to others, that they will become signs and wonders for others to believe in you, almighty God, because of what you will do in their lives, almighty God. I thank you. And I honor you, I glorify you, and I exalt you in Jesus' mighty name. I have prayed and believed. Amen. Let me take this time to thank you for tuning in. Let me take this time to appreciate you for sharing uh, this link uh, so that others can also watch and be blessed. Uh, let me uh, take this time to, to speak a blessing upon your life that the Lord may bless you. And, and the Lord may shine upon your life, that he may lift his countenance upon you and give you peace and show his mercy and grace to you now. Bless you wherever you work. Bless your hands so that whatever you do will yield something. That God will bless you in the city and in the country. The Lord will bless you at a working place and your homes. The Lord will bless you as you walk on the streets. Ah, and when... Our times come and we go. Let us go knowing that one day we shall meet again. Thank you very much. God bless you. I pray that you have a wonderful evening, that you will feel the presence of the living God in your very own houses as you sleep, and that you feel the peace of God that passes all human understanding, according to what Paul wrote in Philippians uh, uh, 4 verse 7, 
uh, that it will keep your minds and heart in Christ Jesus, especially in these times. Uh, many have, have backslidden because of the hardship this uh, coronavirus has brought to us. Uh, many, many have left the faith because of the challenges they have faced uh, during this uh, time of coronavirus. But I want to say God is still good. God still has a purpose. Uh, there's a reason why he allowed this pandemic to happen. Many of us were closed in our houses so that we can discover God more, so that we can interact with him, because the cares of the world sometimes, they distract us. So may you find help in these times of need, in these times of pandemic. May the Lord visit you in a very special way to heal you, to provide for you, to raise you up, and to make you recover in Jesus' mighty name. See you next Thursday at 7.30. God bless you. Thank you. Welcome everybody, share this video with the uh, people in your world. Welcome people to watch together with us, that we may grow together, that we may be grounded in the uh, uh, fundamental elements of the gospel. Uh, it is very important for us to grow. It's important for us to know for sure for ourselves. So invite people and thank you for joining me. God bless you and welcome. 
Uh, today we are starting the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, uh, what we call in Greek pneumatology, the study of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we don't purport that we can study everything about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit being God, we cannot know everything on this side of the earth, but we can know enough to give us confidence and also to, to know when He's operating in our lives. So keep on inviting others. I am going to say a prayer in a very short while, and then we will start. You can also look at your Bibles. I want us to open Acts chapter 1. We are going to look at the promise of the Spirit, verse 8. And then we shall discuss who the Holy Spirit is. Amina Amina Milele Amina Milele Let us pray. Everlasting Father, King of glory, creator of heaven and earth, our God, our Father, you alone who loves us with a love that is everlasting, that never changes, it's unconditional. You don't love us because of uh, how we have been or how we have not been. You love us because you're God and you are love. We thank you because you loved us enough to give your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to come and die as a sacrificial lamb of God to redeem and save mankind by paying the penalty that we were supposed to have because the wages of sin is death and therefore we were supposed to die. But the gift of God is everlasting life and therefore he took our death and gave us the gift of God, which is everlasting life. That everlasting life starts this side of the sun. We can walk in it now, this very day. Uh, we can have confidence that we are saved by you. And we can run with what, mighty God, our Father, you have given us. We can lead new lives. We can operate under new power, under new giftings, under new fruit of the Spirit. Mighty God, we thank you and we honor you, Lord. We don't take it for granted. It is the greatest sacrifice ever done, uh, the greatest gift ever given. Uh, and we thank you because that gift saved us to the uttermost. We glorify you and we exalt you in Jesus' mighty name. Uh, please continue to invite people uh, so that they can also grow together with us. They can also enjoy together with us. I want to read the book of Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. The book of Acts could be uh, rightly titled as, as the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the church. The Acts of the Holy Spirit through the church. Because we will see right here that Jesus uh, first, uh, told the disciples not to go and start doing anything. They should not even go and start being witnesses. They had to wait for the Holy Spirit so that they can be 
endued, they can be empowered, they can be uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, and then the life of church begins right there and then. And uh, the Bible says in verse 8 of Acts chapter 1, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. If you read the previous verses, Jesus told them not to leave Jerusalem, but to tarry there and wait for uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit. When he comes, fills them, empowers them, then they can become witnesses and to Christ. And that tells us there is no ministry we can do as church or believers unless we have been endued, infilled, baptized, empowered, enabled by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, um, to try and do anything for God without the Holy Spirit is detrimental to us. We, 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 we are going out there to face other spirits. We are facing the spirit of the devil himself, the demons, uh, uh, all those evil spirits uh, uh, will come against us if we try to do anything for God. And therefore, if we don't receive superior spirit, superior power, uh, enablement from above, we will not be able to do the work that we ought to do and do it effectively. We must also remember that when you're witnessing, the Holy Spirit is the one who convicts men and therefore preaching without him is doing zero work because there's no power of conviction. Hmm. And also, we also see from the early church and even uh, uh, not too long ago, we have seen evangelists who preached uh, uh, with power and demonstration of signs and wonders and miracles, uh, performing great signs, healing the sick, uh, uh, any disease. That was done through the power of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we must, we must, we must receive uh, this power. And Today I want us to address one question, who is the Holy Spirit? And before we look at who the Holy Spirit is, let us look at the misconceptions of the identity of the Holy Spirit. Uh, before I embark on the, the notes, let me first say, most Christians think the Holy Spirit is energy or power. He's like the, the KPLC, uh, the, 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 the electrical power uh, that a Christian receives. That is not Correct. We also know that uh, uh, many people have a concept that the Holy Spirit is the third in order of superiority in their Godhead. That God the Father is the, 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 the greatest one, then Christ follows him and the Holy Spirit is below them. Uh, and that is another misconception. Uh, we also think uh, uh, the Holy Spirit is the messenger of, of God the Father or the Son. He is the one who is sent to go. Uh, we must realize that the messengers of God are angels. And they, the, the, the name angels that comes from the Greek word angelos 
means messengers or servants. Uh, uh, and therefore, the Holy Spirit is not a servant of God. He's not a, a, a messenger of God. He is God himself. There are many misconceptions, and we will continue looking at them. There are many others I could have uh, mentioned, but let's go right into the notes uh, uh, about the identity of the Holy Spirit. Some view the Holy Spirit as a mystical force. That's what I was saying. They imagine he's like a, 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 a Christian is connected to a power source, uh, a, 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 an electricity so source, and therefore he he's now becomes alive and begins moving and running. Uh, uh, others understand the Holy Spirit as the impersonal power that God makes available for the followers of Christ. They don't believe the Holy Spirit is a person. Uh, uh, what does the Bible say about the identity of the Holy Spirit? Simply put, the Bible declares that the Holy Spirit is God. Simply put, the Holy Spirit is God. And God is one, expressed in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. None is greater than the other. None is uh, uh, subject to the other, none is inferior to the other, and none is superior to the other. God is one, and they have unity, and they all run as one God. They all do one thing. They all serve one purpose, one will, one destiny for every mankind. The Bible also tells us the Holy Spirit is a divine person, a being with the mind, emotions, and will. You can anger the Holy Spirit. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can leave you alone if you decide to resist him because he is a person. He has feelings. He loves you as much as God the Father and God the Son love you and they were all involved in the coming of Christ here on earth. What did the Bible say in Matthew uh, or, or chapter uh, 2 when uh, an angel visited Mary? It says that uh, the, the angel told Mary, even in Luke chapter 2, uh, that uh, uh, you will have a son. His name shall be Jesus because he shall save his people Israel from their sins. And uh, uh, Mary said, and how will that be, seeing that I do not know a man? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit, or the Spirit of God, will come over you, and you will be with child. So the Holy Spirit was involved in transporting Jesus from heaven into the womb. So the Trinity worked together, even at that point. Amen. Uh, the, you can also make the Holy Spirit happy. And, and how do you make the Holy Spirit happy? It's when you don't allow your flesh to control you and you subject yourself to the guiding, to the leading, to the counsel, uh, to the instruction, to the teaching of the Holy Spirit. 
He does it with joy. He does it with happiness. He does it for you because you have allowed him. And the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He will not force himself on you. He cannot force you to speak in tongues. He cannot force you to perform miracles. He cannot change you without you allowing him to. You must allow him. And that's why even in the day of Pentecost, only 120 were filled. There were thousands in the whole of Israel and, and, and Galilee and every other place. Uh, we know that there were many other disciples, even the ones who left Christ when he taught them about eating his flesh and, his, uh, and drinking his blood. Uh, they were not filled, even though they spent their time with Christ Jesus. It is only the ones who went to the upper room willingly and waited wi willingly and the Holy Spirit came and found them there. So if you want the gifts of the Holy Spirit, if you want the fruit of the Holy Spirit, if you want the leading of the Holy Spirit, if you want counsel from the Holy Spirit, if you want the Holy Spirit to teach you about Christ and to perfect you in your walk, to walk a, as powerful uh, uh, and victorious life as a Christian, you must allow him, you must invite him, you must cooperate with him because he won't push it. The fact that the Holy Spirit is God is clearly seen in many scriptures, including Acts chapter 5, verse 3 and 4. In this verse, Peter confronts Ananias as to why he lied to the Holy Spirit and tells him that he had not lied to men but to God. It is clear De declaration that lying to the Holy Spirit is lying to God. Peter was telling Ananias and, and, and his wife Sapphira that you did not lie to me. You did not lie to the, to the eleven. You did not lie to the church. You lied to the Spirit of God or you lied to God. Simple and clear. What does the Bible say? Uh, uh, we can also know that the Holy Spirit is God because he possesses the characteristics of God. For example, he's omnipresent. Omni, he's omnipresent. The Holy Spirit covers the whole world. Even when you're not experiencing his power, even when you're not operating in the gifts, it doesn't mean the Holy Spirit is not present. It is you who has not allowed him in or your faith has not connected with God so that now things can happen. The moment you just adjust yourself, the Holy Spirit is very near you to do all those things. And we know that uh, the Bible also says that his omnipresence is seen in Psalms 139, verse 7 and 8. Where can I go from your spirit? That is David asking. Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. David asked a specific question. Where can I go to hide from your spirit? So he was addressing the Holy Spirit. Hmm. 
Then in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 and 11, we see the characteristic omniscient of the uh, omniscient nature of the Holy Spirit. But God knows, God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. God has revealed the truth by His Spirit, meaning the Spirit knows all those things and therefore He has revealed it to Paul and to the church. We also know that uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, continuing, you'll find a place where, where, where Paul asks a question. Who can understand the mind of God except His Spirit? And if God knows all and the Holy Spirit understands the mind of God, therefore the Holy Spirit knows all. And only God has that. We do not know all. Paul says clearly that we know in part. And we see as if we are veiled behind a curtain. We do not see fully. But we see that the Holy Spirit is not limited in that way. Hallelujah. The, the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except that man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. I pray that we will be friends of the Holy Spirit and He can reveal to us the truth about the things of God. He can reveal to us the, th the things that are deep, that we may not understand with our own minds and spirits. The Holy Spirit will make them be open to us. You see, Paul was writing mysteries because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. We can also know that the Holy Spirit is indeed a divine person because he possesses a mind, emotion, and a will. The Holy Spirit thinks and knows. You can read 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 10. He thinks and he knows that he is a person. The Holy Spirit can be grieved, Ephesians 4.30. Grieve not the Spirit of God. The Spirit intercedes for us, means he prays for us. Romans 8.26 and 27, and it says, For we know not how we are supposed to pray, but the, the Spirit himself with groanings that cannot be expressed by words. He makes intercession for us. The Holy Spirit makes decisions according to His will. You can read that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7 to 11. This is a chapter that talks about the gifts of the Spirit. And it may, it, 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 that scripture talks about the Holy Spirit gives us gifts as He wills, not as He is told, not as He is guided, not as He is counseled, but 
as he wills, meaning he has a will. And he looks at you and decides John will get the word of prophecy. And he looks at another one and says the other one will get a word of wisdom. He looks at another one and he says this one will get uh, the power to perform miracles, signs and wonders. Uh, another one will receive the gift of healing. So he makes decision and he makes decision based on the knowledge of who he is giving those gifts. The Holy Spirit is God, the third person in the Trinity, as God, the Holy Spirit, can truly function as the comforter and counselor that Jesus promised he would be. You can look at the promise in John chapter 14, verse 16 and verse 26. We can also look at John chapter 15 and verse 26. So the Holy Spirit is the comforter. In chapter 16 of John, Jesus called him counselor and teacher who will teach you all things. Who will not concentrate on teaching about himself but about Christ. Because you see, in the dispensation that we are living in, the central message of God is Christ Jesus. He wants you to know Christ Jesus. He wants you to believe in Christ Jesus. He wants you to receive Christ Jesus. He wants you to walk with Christ Jesus. And therefore the Holy Spirit concentrates on teaching you about who Christ is. Showing you things that can make you believe in Christ Jesus. If you don't uh, catch the words, he will cause you to see visions of who Christ is. Appearances of Christ, which we call epiphanies, especially in the Old Testament. We know Christ appeared and Christ disappeared and Christ talked to people and he allowed them to worship and he disappeared. Sometimes the Old Testament would call it, uh, would call that appearance, an angel appeared to me, because they did not have the concept of God, of God, God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I pray that we will become friends of the Holy Spirit, and we will interact with Him deeply. If you want to live a holy life and a victorious Christian walk and you want to work your salvation with fear and trembling and you want to do exploits for God, you better embrace the Holy Spirit. You better receive the Holy Spirit. I know we have misconception that when we talk of the Holy Spirit, people think of tongues. Uh, tongues are a gift of the Spirit, but the Holy Spirit is not summed up in tongues. And actually, tongues are an initial evidence that you have received the Holy Spirit. But you need other evidences that show you that you have received the true Spirit, you're walking with the true Spirit. And the best evidence you can get is the fruit of the Spirit. And, and, and I will look at the, the scripture that talks about the fruit of the Spirit, which is Galatians uh, chapter 5 and verse 23. We shall look at those, uh, that, those 
parts of the fruit. You know it is one fruit that has many parts uh, and it is therefore uh, not divisible. You can't say I have three parts of the spirit and then you talk about the fruit now. You must have the whole fruit. Jesus said you shall know them by their fruit. Amen. <laughs> you shall know them by their fruit. Let me let me just let me just go there. Let me go to Galatians chapter uh, 5. Uh, I will read verse 22 and 23 just for uh, understanding it. Actually, let me, let me see whether I can start a, a little bit uh, higher. 20. Verse 20 says, uh, is it there? Okay, 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest or are open and clear. Which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lust, viciousness. Those are sexual sins or uh, acts. The works of the flesh that are sexual in nature. Uh, uh, adultery, we know what it means. Fornication, we know what it means. Uncleanness is uh, are evil thoughts that are of sexual nature. Lust, viciousness are other behaviors that are not adultery and fornication, but are, are sexual in nature. 20, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, sedition, and heresies. Those are a myriad or a battery of uh, acts or works. Then 21 says, envyings, envyings, not one envy, many types of envy. Uh, murders, drunkenness, reveling, and such like, of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which uh, do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. When all those things appear in your life, if that is the kind of fruit that is being seen, you will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Not me saying, but the word of God saying. I'm not condemning nobody. I'm just reading the word. And, and then verse 22 and 23 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Number one, and we must go back to the place of loving one another. Two, joy. You cannot have a sense of gloominess, sadness that cannot be controlled every day, in and out. Sadness. Uh, uh, you, 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 you are under the weather throughout. Uh, that cannot be the Spirit of God. And then, after peace, uh, joy, peace, long-suffering or patience. If you see people who are not patient, who cannot tolerate others, who cannot uh, uh, give people benefit of doubt because they, 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 they are self-righteous, they are holy joes, they, they are the ones who are right, then there is an issue. Long-suffering. You can wait for someone even though you love keeping time, but they are late. You wait. They have not done it the way you want. You, you just wait. 
and continue smiling because you have the joy inside you. Gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, <laughs> meekness, uh, temperance. Against such, there is no law. When you allow the fruit of the Spirit to work in you, there is no law that can come against you. No law, religious or civil, none will hold you captive. I pray that uh, we shall be known by this fruit. By their fruit, you shall know them. And this is where you take people who come to you. You judge them by these two verses, 22 and 23. You see a preacher preaching, fire and brimstone. You measure them by these fruits. You want to see whether they bear love. You want to see whether they bear joy, even in their suffering. Uh, when they're preaching and they have to walk long distances, they don't own a car, whether they are joyful, whether they bear peace with everybody. We are told to pursue peace with all men and holiness without which no one will see God. Whether they are long-suffering, whether they can be patient, whether they can tolerate some things, that's what you want to see. Hallelujah. Let me wind up today with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we are clay in a potter's hand. You, God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost are the potter. We come to you because when we look from the book of Galatians from verse 19 to 21, we have seen what the works of the flesh are. We can see some traits of the work of the flesh in our lives, Lord, and we want to ask that, Lord, willingly we come before you. Help us to overcome them, to defeat them, and to decamp from that part of life where flesh rules. May the Holy Spirit come, befriend us, and influence us into bearing fruits and fruit that will last. Let us be known by the fruit of the Spirit, which is found in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. Lord, we want to live for you. We want to look uh, uh, the way you have desired us to look. We want to be the people you want us to be and not what we think we should be. So we subject ourselves to the Holy Spirit. Let him rot in us that very character you desire to see. You say in your word in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, that you created man, up to 28, that you created man in your own image. Let us have your character. Let us have your attributes. When we walk into any room, love will be felt, joy will be felt, peace will be felt, gentleness, long-suffering, mighty God of that fruit. 
in the mighty name of Jesus the Christ. Lord, we know you're well able to do that for us. And we glorify your name now because we know you will do it. We will begin to see changes in our lives, mighty God, our Father. We will please you in everything we do, in everything we say, how we walk by the Spirit and not by the flesh, that we may overcome the world, that we may overcome the temptation, that we may overcome the hardships that are coming and increasing as we draw near to the end times when Christ will return again. May we not be in the company of those who will fall away from the faith, but be those who will keep the faith and who will glorify you in everything we say and do. For it is in Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen and amen. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for being with me today. I appreciate every one of you. And God is great. God is good. Uh, not just because you watched uh, 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 this broadcast, but because you listened to the word of God as it was presented, God will do something special for you in the mighty name of Jesus the Christ. Let me thank those who are online with me. I see Duncan Barkobo. I see Pastor Masi Ntinyari. I see Moffat Maranga. Kazi Kichuna. I see Eva Galgalo. I see Anjoki. I see Eva Mwangi. I see Triza Ngure and Gladys Some Mwangi. I thank God for all of you. I see uh, Judy Mudoni and Carmen Robinson. M many of my friends are here. Carmen from the U.S. and Judy Mudoni. I appreciate all of you for joining me. And I hope we are growing together. I'm also growing. I'm not teaching you the word so that you may grow. I'm teaching all of us, including myself as I study. I want to grow deeper with uh, God. I want to grow deeper with the things of God. I want to know uh, the Holy Spirit better. I want to operate in signs, wonders, and miracles in these last days. I want to be part of the revival uh, and, and not as a spectator of people doing exploit. But I want to be a participator. I want to heal uh, several people. I want to raise a few dead and I wish I have an army that will be doing the same thing so that when I'm walking in one street, another one is walking in another street. We are more than 12 here. I think we can be like the disciples of Jesus Christ, preaching the gospel in power, uh, signs, uh, wonders and miracles. We are, we, we are tired of cold gospel. We are tired of, uh, of, of, of uh, heresies. We are tired of playing church. We want to be the church. So God bless you. Join me again Thursday, same time, same place. Rev Online will be back on Thursday, 7.30. God bless you. God increase you. God do you good. God show you mercy. And the Holy Spirit become the closest friend to you. Visit you in a very special way. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Love you all. Nani kama wewe, na kunuwa mungu wangu leo, 
Nani kama wewe nakupenda Nani kama wewe nakuinua Mungu wangu leo Nani kama wewe nakupenda Holy Spirit I love you I worship you God I love you Jesus Christ my savior, my friend. You don't call me servant any longer. You don't call me stranger any longer. You have made me a friend. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.